Hello, this is Kieran Tierney. Welcome to the latest edition of Arsenal Audio Programme. UEFA Europa League, Thursday, the 3rd of October, 2019. Arsenal versus Stand and Liège. Kickoff, 8 pm. The contents. Head coach. The captain. Voice of Arsenal. Player feature. Ainsley Maitland Niles. Supporter services. Match action. Entracht Frankfurt versus Arsenal. Visitors. Standard Liège. My story. Match action. Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. Arsenal women. Arsenal family. Teams. Head coach Unai Emery. The bosses set on giving our youngsters more time in the European spotlight. Good evening, everyone. We are here for the Europa League, and it's a competition that provides us the opportunity to create something special with all of you, the fans. We want a good performance tonight to control the game, have good possession, impress them, but most of all, we want to win. Clean sheets are important too, but it's all one process about being strong and competitive offensively and defensively to get all three points. Each match is a big challenge for us to show how we are improving as a team. But, above all, the challenge is to win. If we can keep a clean sheet, that's even better. Liège are a very organised side and they have a very big spirit. I think it's going to be a good match. We will play our way, but we've got to respect them. Last time in the Europa League against Frankfurt, we played a very good match against a big team and in a stadium with a big atmosphere, which made it very difficult. We showed a good spirit, showed that we could be compact, and we got a clean sheet there. On top of that clean sheet, we scored three goals, and we used some young players as well as experienced players. This is the way we need to go. It was a good opportunity for our young players to help us. The Arsenal Academy has always been a big academy. The responsibility of the coach is to give them chances. Then it's about looking for the best performance every time and also giving them more chances to play if they're doing well. Last year we started working with players like Adrian Kitia and others in training and we want to continue to give young players that opportunity. One example is Bukaya Saka. He's working very hard at the moment and improving all the time. But he's also shown that he's very mature. His work is natural and right now he's an important player. We are going to remain calm and patient with him, but if he deserves minutes and we think he can help our performance, that's fantastic for us. Bocquet started in our draw with Manchester United on Monday, and I think he was one of the many positives we can take away from the game. But there are things to improve, Defensively, as a team, I think we were much better competitively throughout the match and offensively in some moments. Maybe we could do better and create more chances. I think we had some dangerous moments after 1-1 and that chance we had with Bukayo for the second goal was a big moment. United were pushing for a winner in the final minutes and they had one big chance to score with the header but we cleared it away and finished up in their box. Reese Nelson had a great chance late on, and he also showed very good combination with Joe Willock. Manchester United demanded a lot from us, and by using three midfielders, we have the chance to create a better balance defensively and offensively. Maybe we wanted to see more combinations between our strikers and wingers to create more chances, but we're improving in our way. We will take this information to see how we can improve, how we can find a better balance with different players in the middle, on the wings and within our system. Overall, though, I was happy with a lot of things from Monday's game and since then we've been looking to see how we can improve. 
As for team news ahead of tonight's game, Kieran Tierney didn't play in Manchester because he had a small problem. The doctor just told us that it's better for him to work alone and prepare for tonight's game. He can play, but we want to take the precaution to not play him too many times in a small space. Hector is the same, but with a small difference, because his injury was longer. After nine months out, first we needed him to play 15 minutes with us, then with the under-23s to build his confidence. He was performing on the pitch and feeling good, so now we need to repeat that when the level is higher. Whether he plays tonight will depend on how he feels in training. We need to feel that this is an important competition for us and also a very good opportunity for a lot of players to show progress and give a good performance. We also want them to gain minutes, gain confidence, to use in different competitions. Above all, we want to win. Enjoy the game. Club captain, Granit Zucker, the club captain on being given the role full-time. I'm very proud to have been named official club captain of this great club, and it makes me very, very happy. Before I arrived here, I had a lot of experience of leading teams, with the Switzerland national team and also in Germany. When I came here in 2016, I joined a club with a lot of great players and big personalities, so it was another step up for me to be captain as well. Now I'm officially the captain of Arsenal, I'm very proud. In pre-season, the coach spoke with me and some of the other players about his plans for the captaincy. He told me I'd be one of the captains, and last week he told the team who would be our first five captains. It was a great feeling, but also we need to remember that it's not just about who is wearing the armband. We all have to be leaders on the pitch and away from the pitch. That's what a team needs. The coach asked all of us to write five names of who we wanted to be captains. So it's nice that the other players believe in me and see how I work on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm a guy who wants to take all the players with me in one boat because we win together, we lose together or we lift trophies together. Whatever we do, we do it as a team and a squad because it's not just about the players who play that week. We are a squad and everybody is vital in the group. As captain, I will speak to the players if I think there are any problems. I think it's the role of the captain to be strong, to be in front of the team, and I think I'm a guy who can do that. And as captain, you have to do that in the good times, but also the bad times. I have worked under a number of captains, and every team is different and has a different mentality and qualities. As a captain, you know you will need to speak to some players more than others, but I think, with my experience, I can feel that about people. I want them all to be happy. Alba is the vice-captain. I've known him for a long time, from playing in Germany as well, and I know he works very, very hard. You can see that in every training session here. He is a lovely guy, very positive, and it's good to have him behind me. He has a good mentality. He brings a good spirit to the team, and I speak a lot with him. As well as him, we have Hector, Lacker and Mesut in the leadership group. Now that has been confirmed, we can have meetings, discuss issues in the team and work on solving any problems we might have. But that's the same for everyone in the team. My first official game as captain was on Monday at Old Trafford. I already had some lovely memories of Old Trafford from before I played for Arsenal as well because I played there with my old club Basel. Of course, your first game as captain is something special that you will never forget. Also, because for me, it was in a big game, a big stadium, and it's something to be proud of. As for the game itself, we could have certainly won it in the second half, but at the same time, we know we could have lost it as well. We did well to come back from 1-0 down, because it was a difficult game to play in. For me, the most positive thing I take is the way we work together. We ran together. We fought for each other, and that's important for the future as well. Bukeo Saka had another great performance on Monday, and it doesn't surprise me at all. I've seen how he trains, I've seen his mentality, how strong he is, and how he wants to learn. He wants to work hard in every single session, like it's a match. We have a great academy here, 
great young players training with us every day and they are all showing their qualities. I've been impressed with their mentality too. They all want to play. They need time on the pitch to show what they can do and maybe a game like this will give them that opportunity. It's a totally different game tonight but it's another important one for us. This is our first home game in the competition after losing last year's final and the aim is to take three points. With your support, we can do that. The voice of Arsenal. Emmy's back in the mix. Congratulations to Emiliano Martinez, who has been named in the latest Argentina senior squad. The 27-year-old enjoyed a successful loan spell at Reading during the second half of 2018 to 2019 season, keeping five clean sheets in 18, and he since kept two clean sheets in two against Nottingham Forest and Frankfurt. The keeper was first given the call-up by his country in 2011 as a promising 19-year-old, but he's still waiting to make his first appearance. Emmy will have to do battle with Porto's Augustin Marcien and Juan Musso ahead of friendlies against Germany and Ecuador. Well done, Emmy. We're so proud of you. Tini makes debut. Kieran Tierney became the 869th player to feature for Arsenal's last week as he made his debut at only a 5-0 win over Nottingham Forest in the Caribou Cup. The 22-year-old looked sharp in possession and tough in the tackle before being substituted on 76 minutes. The former Celtic defender whipped in a number of dangerous deliveries, especially in the first half, and was lucky to leave Emirates Stadium without an assist to his name. Kieran also became the first Scotland international to debut for us since Paul Dickhoff in 1993. Adidas, the Adi years. When Arsenal played standard Liage in 1993-1994, see page 24 for more info on that, it was Adidas's last season as official kit supplier before this season's popular return. The away kit in particular was a big hit with supporters. Programme spot. Our first ever home match in European competition naturally featured a match day programme. The Gunners played Danish team Savent on Tuesday, October the 22nd in 1963. And the the cover featured a very early example of our cutout featuring three players from a previous match. It was a 16-page issue and it cost six shillings. The Danes had produced a four-page issue for the game in Copenhagen, played four weeks earlier. So on this day in 1970, Ray Kennedy scored his first hat-trick for Arsenal in a 4-0 home win over Nottingham Forest. 1989, another hat-trick for Michael Thomas, getting three in a 6-1 league cup-away win over Plymouth Argyle. Liverpool up next. The draw for the Caribou Cup fourth round took place last week and we've been drawn against Liverpool. We will travel to Anfield to face the Reds in this competition for the first time since October 2009 when goals from Fran Merida and Nicholas Bentner saw us record a 2-1 win. Jurgen Klopp mixed youth and experience in the third round of the competition as his side ran out 2-0 winners over Milton Keynes courtesy of goals from James Milner and young defender G. Jana Hoover. The night prior, we cruised a 5-0 win over championship outfit Nottingham Forest, thanks to a brace from Gabriel Martinelli and goals from Rob Holding, Joe Wilcox and Reese Nelson. Hector Bellerin also assisted with his second touch since returning from injury. The fixture will be played week commencing Monday, October the 28th. At the time of writing this, we're yet to receive further fixture details. Ticketing information will be available on arsenal.com in due course. Captain Zaka. Unai Emery has hailed Granite Zaka's leadership qualities after confirming the midfielder as our new club captain. The Switzerland international has taken the armband seven times already this season. First, he is a mature And he has experience and we are all living in the time under pressure, under criticism as coaches, as players, as a club. 
Our head coach said, the most important thing is to stand up to each moment, go ahead, and for him to show his quality and his behaviour. With his commitment and in the dressing room, the players voted for him as the first. I trust and believe in him, and he is a good man and good professional and a good player. Sometimes he has made mistakes, yes, but the most important thing is to analyse, to learn and to correct them in the future. His challenge and our challenge is to change that opinion. Ref Watch. This evening's referee is Sandro Scherrar from Switzerland. 31-year-old started officiating in Switzerland's second division in 2011 before being promoted to the Super Swiss League in 2013. This will be his fifth year and as a full international for FIFA having officiated 12 Europa League fixtures and three Champions League qualifiers. During that time, he's brandished a total of 68 yellow cards and one red card. He's officiated more than 300 games across all competitions during his eight-year career. Roger Wilkinson. During our fixture against Aston Villa, long-time supporter Roger Wilkinson passed away we received the following message from his family. It is with great sadness that we say goodbye to Roger Wilkinson, a lifelong Arsenal supporter and season ticket holder. Roger always joked that he wanted his ashes spread on the pitch at the Emirates, but he did one better, passing away watching his beloved gunners from the post in the Upper East Stand. Roger is responsible for creating generation of Arsenal craze supporters across the globe. With his family and his love for the club, it lives on through them. Roger's legacy goes far beyond football as a loving husband, family member and friend. Those who knew him described him as a kind, jolly man, forever joking and smiling. He is best known for giving engulfing bear hugs, full of love and his genuine warmth and care for all he came across. He will be dearly missed by family, friends and the Arsenal community, but will always be with us and our gunners in spirit. Rest in peace, Roger. 100 year event. The Arsenal Independent Supporters Association are hosting an event on Friday, November the 22nd to celebrate the club's 100 successive seasons at the top flight of English football. A venue is yet to be confirmed in Islington, but it will host this fantastic event with the Mayor welcoming guests of Tom Watt introducing speakers including Bob Wilson, Arsenal historian Andy Kelly. AISA hopes several relatives of players who appeared from the first season of the century will be in attendance. They will also be working with the Willow Foundation, who themselves are celebrating their 20-year anniversary and hope to raise a significant amount for them through the mini-auction on the night. For more information, email paulmance at arsenalhistorysociety at gmail.com or phone... 07850-290-899. Demand is expected to be high. Arsenal. League champions. 1930 to 31. 1932-33. 1933-34. 1934-35. 1937-38. 1952-53, 1970-71. to 1989. 1990-91. 1997-98. 2001-2002. 2003-2004. FA Cup winners. 1930-1936-1950-1971. 1979, 1993, 1998, 
League Cup winners, 1986-87, 1992-93. Charity Community Shield winners, 1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953. 1991, shared, 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017. Fairs Cup winners, 1969, 1970. European Cup winners, Cup winners, 1993, 1994. FA Youth Cup winners, 1966, 1971, 1971, 2001, 2009. Directors Sir Chips Keswick, Chairman Ken Flair, OBE Richard Carr Lord Harris of Peckham Stan Cronkey Josh Cronkey Secretary David Miles Head of Football Raul Shalini Managing Director Vinnie Vedaxon Technical Director Edu Head coach, Unai Emery. Player feature, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. No one has played in more Europa League games for Arsenal than Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He made his 20th appearance in the competition when coming off the bench in our 3-0 win over Eintracht Frankfurt two weeks ago, and it was a much more enjoyable experience than his 19th appearance, last season's final in Baku but the England youth international wants to harness the painful memory of that defeat in May to go one better this season. We asked Ainsley to reflect on the ups and downs of last season's campaign, as well as assess our chances in this year's Europa League. You played a big part in our run to the Europa League final last season, Ainsley. Is there one moment that stands out for you? I'd probably have to say the game against Rennes. We came back from losing away in the first leg and turned it around at home. That was a really pivotal moment in our Europa League campaign and getting to the final. That game was probably the standout. We also saw off Napoli and Valencia. Does that give the team belief we can reach the final again next May? Of course, I think we've built our team since then and we've worked a lot tactically and technically. We've brought in quite a lot of new faces and some big names. They're always going to add to what we already had from last season. The final was obviously a huge disappointment. How do you look back on that game? It was an eye-opener. I think it was probably a good experience as well. It was unfortunate that we lost, but you can only take away the positives from the game how we played when we had the ball and the intention that people had, whether they were playing out from the back or trying to get into the box or make crosses, was good. I think it's more important to focus on the good things that happened, not so much on us losing it. At the end of the day, we got to the final. Okay, we didn't win it, but there's always this year to try to go and do that now. Is there a sense in the squad that they're really keen to put things right? Yes, the Europa League is a good trophy to put in the cabinet for our club, but we also want top four too. We've seen a lot of young players come through in the competition. Is there anyone you think who will really impress this season? Definitely. You've already seen glimpses of Bukayo, but also Emil Smith-Rowe, who is now in the first team, and then Joe Willock and Rhys Nelson, definitely this year as well. We've got a good handful of young talent coming through currently. 
How are you feeling now? How has the start to the season been for you? I think I've been getting fitter and just learning more of what the manager wants me to do when I'm on the pitch. Just seeing video footage of other games and different situations helps. He's saying to me that you need to work on this and that, and then I will always go away and look at my own stuff, and then when I come back I can always say back to him that I think this or I think that. He's always very open to discussion and giving feedback. Is there anything in particular that you've thought you need to improve on and then try to focus on this season so far? Yes, my defensive game. I've been working on it. Look, it's not easy because I'm not a defender and I hope the fans are prepared to give me a bit of time and a bit of leeway instead of giving me a bit of stick. But it is what it is. I've always been trying to put my head down and work on it and I'll look to correct my mistakes. Freddie Lundberg joined the first team coaching staff this season. What sort of impact has he had being around the group? He's had a massive impact. He's one of the invincibles. So to have someone like that around and just giving little tips and bits of information is vital for the team. Especially as an attacking player himself. He's been through the games and this league and he knows what it takes. Even as a defender as well, he's telling me, well, this is what I used to do as a winger and I always found it difficult when a defender did this against me. That always helps. His little pointers and tips are very helpful to us. Do you think Freddie's presence is something that can give our young players added confidence as they look to step up? Yeah, 100%. Having someone you've worked with previously or grown up with as you're developing makes it very easy to settle into the first team faster. Whether it's just training with him or coming into the changing room, you have that familiar face around you and undoubtedly it makes the whole situation much more comfortable. You put in a strong performance against Newcastle and plenty had you down as their man of the match. How did you feel after that one? I was happy. There's always more to improve on and I'm aware that I still made a few mistakes, but I just have to clear those out of my mind and keep going. We ended up getting the win with a fantastic finish from Ober. All I can do is keep trying to give him those type of balls so he can keep trying to finish them. Hopefully, if I do, he'll win the Golden Boot again this year. You were very quick to beat Jetro Willens to the ball and set up the goal. Is that anticipation the sort of thing you work on, or is that something that's always come naturally? It's more instinctive than anything else. When I used to play as a winger, I used to do that a lot. Now I'm just trying to bring every possible element into my game and put it into a full 90 minutes to try to show everyone what I'm capable of. For this season... Are there any personal ambitions or things that the head coach has said he wants to see from you? Hopefully I can be more consistent this season, just to focus on being more consistent with my performances in each game. As a team, I think we want to go on and achieve something. Whether that turns out to be top four or winning a trophy, we need Arsenal to be up there and competing with the very best teams in the league and cup competitions. What are your early impression of our summer signings? They're great people. They've come in and they've fitted in very well. When you're spending time together and talking, it's like they've been here a few years already. That's good. So it's nice to see they've settled in quickly. And now we're just waiting so that everyone can start playing their best football and really gel as a team. Has David Lewis been passing his defensive experience on to you? Actually, when David was at Chelsea, I'd spoken to him a few times after games and would ask him for his honest opinion of what he thought about my performances. It's nice to have him here now so that I can get that feedback every day. He's a great player and a fantastic person to have as a teammate. He shares a lot of experience with all of the younger players. Nicolas Pepe usually starts on the right flank in front of you, so, do you feel you're building a bond with an understanding of him? Yes, I've played with him plenty of times in training, 
and he really is a very, very talented player. I'm just looking forward to developing that out there in front of me on the pitch in the games now. Do you feel like one of the old guard now around all the new players who came in over the summer? No, I'm still a newbie. I've still got a lot to learn before then. I just take every day as another opportunity to learn more and become better. Supporter Services The Supporter Services page lets you know what's new around Emirates Stadium and what we're doing to improve everyone's match day. Food Bank at the Palace game After a successful trial last season, we will once again, in conjunction with Islington Food Bank, be taking donations pre-game. There will be collection points on podium level by the Thierry Henry statue and by the Club Museum. The Food Bank have requested the following items this time as priorities. Shower gel, soap, shampoo, toothpaste, toothbrushes, deodorant, tinned fruit, tinned fish, biscuits, tinned rice pudding, pasta sauce. But any other items are welcome as well. If you wish to volunteer to help at the collection points, contact Cathy Weston at admin at islington.foodbank.org.uk. Supporters Forum Vacancy We currently have a vacancy on the Arsenal Supporters Forum for an ethnic minority representative. Your responsibilities would include attending approximately three meetings a year, representing the views, opinions and ideas of our fans. If you are interested in the role, please contact rowwilson at arsenal.co.uk for an application form. Supporters Forum 2019-20 The first Supporters Forum of this season will take place on the evening of October the 10th at Highbury House. The forum meets three times a year to discuss all things Arsenal, with senior club officials in attendance at each meeting. All the meetings are minuted, and these can be found at https colon forward slash forward slash www.arsenal.com forward slash fanzone forward slash supporters dash forum. If you have a burning issue or maybe a great idea that you feel will benefit other supporters, you can also find your representative on the same page. Throughout this season, we will be giving a brief introduction to your reps via this page, and the first member to get to know is Dave Hurrell, our family enclosure representative. My first game was in the 1985-86 season away to Aston Villa, and it ended in a 1-1 draw the first of many away draws since. I'm known by most of my Arsenal friends to be a bit of a Jonah, as most of my away trips seem to end in draws. My focus on the forum this season is to get activities for the kids going again, and to make the family enclosure an experience for children to remember, along with improving ticketing for all FE members. Call the Arsenal Contact Centre on 020-7619-5003. Don't forget to follow the club's Matchday Twitter account, at Arsenal Matchday. Question of the week. Question. I live abroad and have a tickets and travel package for an upcoming match through Thomas Cook. Are the tickets still valid? Answer. The club distributes match tickets to a number of agencies across Europe. Thomas Cook held a small number of tickets for each home game. If a supporter has bought a match ticket through a Thomas Cook package, their ticket will still stand. But the club are not able to offer other travel arrangements. Match Report Eintracht Frankfurt Europa League Match Day 1 5.55pm kickoff Thursday September 19, Commersbank Arena. Eintracht Frankfurt 0, Arsenal 3. Goal scorers Wilcott 38, Saka 85, Umbamiang 87. Away fans 1,650. Eintracht Frankfurt number 1, Trap 19, Abraham 20, Hasby. 13. Hinteragon 24. Da Costa 15. Kamada 28. Koho 8. Sol 10. 
caustic. Nine, dust. 33, silver. Arsenal, 26. Martinez, 21. Chambers, 20. Mustafi, 23. Lewis, 31. Kuluznik, 34. Zaka, 11. Torina, 32. Smith Rowe, 28. Wilcox, 77. Saka, 14. Umbangiang. First half. An incredible open game. Saw both sides committing men forward and looking dangerous on the break. After chances for Lucas, Joe Wilcox and Pierre Aubameyang, it was Willock who made amends for his miss late on in the half and a lively sacker was undoubtedly involved. The teenage winger was busy throughout the opening, 45 minutes, and when he found his fellow academy product in the box, Willock squeezed the ball in off the bar and via a deflection. Second half. Frankfurt continued to pepper our goal in the second half, but Emmy Martinez stood firm. Frankfurt were reduced to 10 men for the final 10 minutes when Dumak Kur fouled Saka, who went on to steal the show. The 18-year-old curled home a beauty from 20 yards for his first senior goal. Then he supplied the final pass to Mbaniang to net his sixth of the season and seal an emphatic win as another quest for European glory got off to the perfect start. The Visitors, Standard Liège by Mike Hammond. Winners like Arsenal on match day one, 2-0 at home to Vittorio Guimaraes, Standard Liège are back at Emirates Stadium ten years after their last visit in the 2009-10 Champions League when they were beaten 2-0 and failed to reach the next round from what remains their only group stage appearance to date. In fact, that was the Belgian club's fourth defeat out of four against Arsenal. It could be argued that Arsenal are standard bogey side in Europe. Back in 1993-94... En route to the Gunners' European Cup Winners' Cup triumph, the Belgian side lost 10-0 on aggregate in the second round. European Cup Winners' Cup finalists themselves in 1982, they controversially lost 2-1 to Barcelona in the final at Nou Camp with current head coach Michael Prudhom in goal. Standard have never won a European trophy but have been a consistent presence. In fact, This is the club's 37th European campaign, seven of which have involved participation in the Europa League. The best of them came in that 2009-10 season when, after finishing third in their Champions League group behind Arsenal and Olympiacos, they went on to reach the quarter-finals. They then lost 5-2 on aggregate to Hamburg, going down 2-1 in Germany, having taken the lead in the first half, and 3-1 in the second leg at home. In each of their last four Europa League campaigns, however, Le Rouge have failed to make it out of the group stage. Last season, they could count themselves particularly unlucky not to qualify after picking up ten points in their group and beating Sevilla 1-0 at home into the bargain, but the Spanish side and Russian outfit Krasnoda progressed instead by finishing third in the league last season, behind champions Gank and runners-up club Bruges, Sondar were originally due to enter the Europa League in the third qualifying round, but they took an automatic group stage berth when Belgian Cup winners Mechelin were banned. Thus, like Arsenal, their European record this season is played 1-1-1. The 2-0 win against Vitoria coming thanks to a 66th minute own goal and a stoppage time second from Paul Jose Mpoku. Standard have also made an excellent start domestically and will be eager to sustain their challenge. They last won the Belgian title, their 10th, in 2008-9, while their 8th Belgian Cup success came just two seasons ago. They maintained their hopes in that competition with a last gasp 2-1 home win over Lommel last Thursday, thanks to a second goal of the game from Alexander Bolejevic in the 92nd minute that sent them through to the last 16. Sondar Liège fact file. Full name, 
Royal Standard de Liège, formed 1898, nicknamed Les Rouges, the Reds. Stadium, Stade Maurice du Frasne, capacity 30,445, owner Bruno Vananzi, chairman Bruno Vananzi, record goalscorer Jean Capel, 245, record appearance maker Guy Hellers, 474. Social media followers, Twitter, 128.4k, Instagram, 87.9k. London Link, Paul Jose Mpoku, who scored in the 2-0 victory over Victoria on match day one, was once on the books at our local rivals Tottenham Hotspur. Although he didn't make a first-team appearance for Spurs, Mpoku spent the 2010-11 season on loan at Leighton Orient, featuring 27 times and scoring three goals. This is his second spell at Standard after leaving for Chivo in Italy in 2015. Head-to-head, we have won all four previous meetings against Standard, including a 7-0 away victory in the 1993-94 Cup Winners' Cup, which still stands as our highest-ever European away success. The last time we met at Emirates Stadium was in the 2009-10 Champions League group stage, where first-half goals from Samia Nasri and Danielson secured a 2-0 win. The champions, Standard, have established themselves as one of the elite clubs in Belgium and have won 10 Belgian Pro League titles, most recently in 2008-9. Les Rouges have lifted the Belgian Cup on eight occasions, most recently in 2017-18. After a nil-nil stalemate in normal time, Renaud Egmond scored early in extra time to snatch the trophy away from Genk. European history. Les Rouges have come close to lifting European silverware on two occasions. The first, in 1981-82, when, despite taking the lead in the eighth minute, Barcelona scored on the stroke of half-time and early in the second half to lift the trophy. The second in 1996, when they advanced to the final of the Intertoto Cup. Standard won the first of the two-legged final against Karlsruhe 1-0, but lost the second 3-1 to miss out on a place in the UEFA Cup. My Story, the work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund the annual Paradise Park Fun Day in N7 near Holloway Road. Barry Edwards, chair of the Friends of Paradise Park, reflects on the good time had by all. Paradise Park is a small neighbourhood park very close to the Emirates Stadium. It's in an area where most people live in flats without their own outdoor space and where the family income is low. Fifteen years ago, the park was neglected, run down and mostly used by people intent on antisocial behaviour. So local people got together, formed the Friends of Paradise Park and persuaded the council to spend money renovating the park. I was a founder member of the Friends of Paradise Park. We started the fun day to attract local families back into the park and, with one exception, it's been held every year since. We run the fun day on a shoestring, but because so many local families would struggle if we charged for the children's activities we provide, it has always been our policy to provide them for free. We only have a small team, so I'm involved in just about everything, from setting up, helping things run smoothly, and clearing up afterwards. It's exhausting. It's hard to say how many people attend, because we don't count people as they come in, but it's probably up to 2,000 over the course of the day. We start setting up at 9am. At 1pm we get going and try to get a marching band from the Seventh Day Adventists or the Air Cadets to kick things off and let the neighbours know we're underway. Then the regular music kicks in and the children's activities start. We wind up with the talent show for young people and the raffle. Then we clear away and restore the park to normal. Activities include a big bouncy castle, a giant slide, games and rides, face painting and a talent show, plus Gunnosaurus and other Arsenal visitors, for example coaches. 
The bouncy castle, the giant slide and the rides all get very long queues. Everyone with a dog is encouraged to enter the dog show, where nearly every dog wins a prize. The fun day has made a big difference to the community. The park is now very much more used by local families, depending on the weather. But new families are always moving in and may not be aware of the park. We're hugely grateful to the Arsenal Foundation. We've been told of other festivals where they cover their costs by charging for activities. We know that would put off many low-income local families, so we're dependent upon the Arsenal and other grant givers to keep us going. And Gunnosaurus is always popular. For more info, visit facebook.com forward slash paradise.park.n7 The Arsenal Foundation Registered charity number 11456688 Match report Nottingham Forest Carabao Cup Third round 7.45pm Tuesday September 24 Emirates Stadium Arsenal 5 Nottingham Forest nil. Goal scorers Martinelli, 31 minutes Holding, 71 minutes Willock, 78 minutes Nelson, 84 minutes Martinelli, 90 minutes Arsenal team, 26 Martinez, 21 Chambers, 20 Mustafi, 16 Holding Number 3, Tierney. Number 11, Torinia. 28, Willock. 32, Smith Rowe. Number 10, Ozil. 24, Nelson. 35, Martinelli. Substitutes, Macy, Bellerin, Bola, Burton, Sabalos, Saka, Balogun. Nottingham Forest, 49, Murek, 11, Cash, 3, Figueredio, 36, Chima, 18, Robinson, 40, Johnson, 28, Silva, 23, Lolly, number 10, Caravio, 2, Ribeiro, 37, Haduma, Substitutes, Smith, Milosevic, Lawrence Gabriel, So, Michten, Graben and Ambello. The first half, Arsenal booked a fourth round trip to Liverpool with a thumping 5-0 win over Nottingham Forest on a memorable night for the hosts of new and returning stars. Kieran Tierney made his debut in defence and featured alongside the returning Rob Holding, whilst Gabriel Martinelli made his full debut up front. And it was the 18-year-old Brazilian who opened the scoring just past the half-hour mark when he powered home a bullet header from Callum Chambers' brilliant volley cross. The second half, the Gunners turned on the style. The second goal was a header from a set piece and it was scored by holding on an emotional night for the young defender. Hector Bellerin then made his own long-awaited journey from injury by replacing Tierney late on. And within a minute, he had an assist setting up Joe Willock to flick the ball home from close range. Nelson made it four with his first goal for the club by turning in Chambers' drill pass before Martinelli grabbed his second with the deflected long-range strike. Arsenal women. The latest news and results from the Women's Super League champions. Gunnersies passed Fiorentina to reach last 16 in Europe. UEFA Women's Champions League, Thursday, September the 26th, Meadow Park. Arsenal versus Fiorentina. Arsenal 2, Fiorentina 0. The scorers for Arsenal were Little on the 43rd minute with a penalty and Maidema in the 74th minute. Arsenal women progressed to the last 16 of the Women's Championships Leagues after a 6-0 aggregate victory over Fiorentina. Kim Little gave us the lead on the stroke of half-time from the penalty spot and Vivian Maidina scored with 15 minutes remaining to put the tie to bed. 
The first chance of the evening came when Danielle van Dodonk found Little with a neat through ball, but our captain couldn't direct her half-volley on target. Beth Mead was causing problems down the right and delivered an inviting ball into the box, which Maidema uncharacteristically sliced wide. Van der Donk went close when her strike flew off target, and Mead thought she'd open the scoring when slotting home, but she was judged to be offside. Three minutes before half-time, we were awarded a penalty for a handball inside the box. A little sent Francesca Durante the wrong way from the spot to give us a commanding aggregate lead. Mead again caused issues for the Fiorentina backline in the second half when her sublime skill allowed her to drive towards the touchline, but her low cross was turned behind. Greta Adami had the visitors' best chance of the evening, but Pauline Perud-Manyin was able to hold her effort from the edge of the box. Maidema doubled our advantage on the night when a fortunate deflection rolled into her path on 74 minutes, and the Dutch hotshot made no mistake when firing home. Substitute Jordan Nobbs almost added a gloss to the evening, but her effort from range flew just wide. Playing for Arsenal were Perud-Manyin, Evans, Schneiderbeck, Beatty, McCabe, Williamson, substituted by Walty in the 67th minute, Little, Ruard, substituted by Nobbs in the 67th minute, Van der Donk, substituted by Mitchell in the 78th minute, Maidema, Mead. Subs not used were Zinsberger and Meyer. Gunners draw Slavia Prague. Arsenal have drawn Slavia Prague in the last 16 of the UEFA Women's Champions League. The first leg will be played in the Czech Republic in the week commencing October the 14th, while the second leg will take place at Meadow Park in the week commencing October the 28th. The Czech runners-up from last season are familiar with a trip to the UK following a comprehensive win over Hibernian in the last round. The Champions League regulars triumphed 4-1 in Edinburgh and followed that up with a 5-1 home win for a 9-2 aggregate victory. We are sure Joe Montemuro's team will be paying particular attention to striker Teresa Kozarova, who bagged a hat-trick at Easter Road and two more in the Czech Republic. Slavia have good pedigree in the competition, having progressed to the quarter-finals in three of the last four seasons. They have beaten strong Scandinavian opposition along the way, including Bromby from Denmark and Sweden's Rosengard. Last season, they lost to Bayern Munich 6-2 on aggregate, although they did hold the German giants to a 1-1 draw in Prague. The top three in the Women's Super League are as follows. Arsenal played 3-1-3, drawn 0, lost 0, goal difference 6, points 9. Manchester City played 3-1-3, lost 0, goal difference 4, points 9. Chelsea played 3-1-2, drawn 1, lost 0, goal difference 5, points 7. Continental Cup, Group B. Arsenal played 1-1-1, drawn 0, lost 0, goal difference 5, points 3. Brighton and Hove Albion played 1-1-1, drawn 0, lost 0, goal difference 3, points 3. Bristol City played 1-1-1, Drawn nil, lost nil, goal difference three point three. Arsenal family at home with Reese Nelson. Players tell us about how their family life influenced their football careers. Tell us about your family home where you grew up. I grew up in South London on the Aylesbury estate in a little council flat with my brother Ricky, my sisters Tara and Tessa, and my mum Jackie. I think we were a normal family. We had a lot of love for each other, and we tried to help each other as much as we could. I'm the youngest, the baby of the family. That has some good things and some bad. I was always the one sent to the shop when I was growing up, but I think I also got the most presents, so I was the spoilt one. Did you have a garden to kick a ball around? No, we didn't have a garden, but it was in a council block, and everyone was very friendly. My brother and his friends were always on the block and it was a big community where we all played football. 
After school, if I didn't have training, I'd sometimes be on the block until 11 at night playing football. My mum used to have to shout over to me to come back in. That's one of those things when you're growing up. Football was my first love, and I would do anything just to be kicking a ball about. How long did you live there? I was born in that flat, and we moved out when I was 13 or 14. We didn't really want to move out because everything was there for us, but travelling from South London to get to training was pretty hectic in the traffic. All my family have moved to North London now, closer to me. Family is the most important thing, and I don't think I could relax or concentrate without them around me. We've always been a very close family. What family holidays do you remember from growing up? We did the odd family holiday here and there, but we wouldn't go on holiday every year. We mostly went to resorts like Butlins and Haven, and I enjoyed those a lot. I used to love going on the arcades, swimming, stuff like that. That would be all as a family, and we'd go at Christmas as well if it was within the budget. Did you have any pets? I had a dog when I was about three, but I don't remember it much. Then, when I was five, my brother got a dog called Lady, which was with us all the way until a few months ago when she died. We were very upset because she was part of the family. Recently, I got a dog myself called Tiago. It's only eight weeks old and a bit of a nightmare, but I love it. Other than football, did your family play many sports? My older sister Tessa used to do kickboxing. My brother's really fast, so he did sprinting until about 12 or 13. My mum was really fast, but didn't take it up as a sport. For me, I loved playing table tennis. My sister worked at an adventure playground, where the kids used to go after school, and you could play table tennis there, or pool, and I loved table tennis after school. Did you all go out together? Yeah, we used to do that a lot. After every game, if I had played well, we would go out afterwards, maybe to get a Sunday roast at the Carvery. I have good memories of that. What was the family car? There weren't that many. My older sister Tessa was the only one driving at the time, and she had a little polo. It was a three-door one, so it was quite tight. We had to push the seat forward to get out. It made me feel travel sick in there so I was hoping she would upgrade her car, and she did. A newer, slightly bigger model, and that car did as proud. She would take me to training in it, even when she was pregnant. Hats off to her, because she would finish work, then rush back home to drive me to training at 7 o'clock, get back home at 10 o'clock, and then work the next morning. She would do that three times a week, so I'm really grateful for that. What would you do as a family in the evenings? We used to play charades a lot as a family. The extended family would come over as well. Other than that, I was with my brother, playing on the landing. It was always pretty nice and chilled vibes. Favourite meal? Back then, my favourite was harvesters, and at a young age, I was desperate to get the full rack of ribs. I always used to say to my mum, please, please, can I have the full rack of ribs? But I never did. I always had the half rack, but every time we went, I would be so excited. It was a great treat. Was there a difficult situation you had to go through as a family? Of course, there were a few difficult times. My sister had kids, and so getting to training was difficult. My brother had to take me on the train a lot of times, and we do a lot of walking because he didn't have a car. In the winter, when it's really dark, it wasn't a nice walk. I think that helps make you into the person you are, though and makes you want to work even harder. Is there a phrase or saying your family used a lot? When I was at secondary school, my mum would always be up early to make sure everything was ready for us, and I know she was stressed about it. She didn't have a car, so would walk to work and walk home late. So, of course, that stressed her out, because she had to look after the kids when she got in as well. So I always said to her that one day I would be a professional footballer and would be able to help the family. That was my main goal, to get my family out of those situations. I was about nine or ten at the time, and she always believed in me. She always said, I believe you, son. I remember saying it to her, don't worry, when I'm a professional footballer, 
you won't have to work again. Who's the biggest football fan in the family? My family didn't always understand football that much. My brother probably loved it the most. He wasn't a massive footballer himself, but he was into it. My brother-in-law Michael, Tara's boyfriend, absolutely loves football with a passion because he used to play it himself. He would drop me to training as well. Once they got into it, they started loving it, and my sisters and mum would be screaming from the touchlines watching me. Did you watch much football as a kid? No, I never watched it. My love for football came from playing with my friends rather than watching it. I didn't really enjoy watching it so much, and it wasn't really on at home, so I would play in the streets or in the cages with my friends. My family didn't really have a team they supported, but as soon as I started playing here, they all started supporting Arsenal. My nan was a big Liverpool supporter, but nobody else was really into it. My brother is ten years older, but we are really close. We used to go to the park together, jogging or playing football. Who would come and watch you play when you started playing for the academy? Everyone. My mum, brothers, sisters, sisters' boyfriends. That's always been important to me to know they are there. Then, when I made my debut in the Community Shield, they were all at Wembley, all wearing their Nelson tops. I think I had at least ten people there, my cousins and friends as well. That was pretty special. Arsenal family, at home with, retro. Champion in the making. These days, TV journalist and Strictly Come Dancing winner Chris Hollins is famous in his own right. But back in 1971, Dad John was the star of the household. Defender John, pictured with wife Linda, baby Chris and Dashwins, Jack and Sweep, was actually a Chelsea player at the time. But Dad joined Arsenal in 1979 and young Chris was our first ever mascot. He hasn't looked back since. Teams For Arsenal Head coach Unai Emery Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and white socks. 1. Bent Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 8. Danny Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Masut Ozil. 11. Lukash Torreira. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 23. David Lewis. 24. Reese Nelson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Constantinos Mavropanos. 28. Joe Willock. 29. Matteo Ganduzzi. 31. Zird Kolasinac. 32. Emil Smith-Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 77. Bukayo Saka. For Standard Liège, head coach. Michel Prudhomme. Yellow shirts, black shorts and socks. 1. Jean-Francois Gillet, goalkeeper. 2. Reginald Goro. 3. Zinio van Husden. 4. Dimitri Lavalli. 6. Noe Dusenne. 7. Orlando Saar. 8. Goiko Chimero. 9. Reno Edmond. 10. Mehdi Concello Gonzalez. 12. Dennis Dragos. 14. Anthony Limbom, 15. Sebastian Poganoglie, 16. Ono Bordat, goalkeeper, 17. Obi Ulare, 18. Alexander Bolievich, 19. Selim Amala, 20. Merve Bope Bocardi, 21. Collins Fay, 22. Maxime Lestienne, 23. Sena Miang, 24. Nicolas Gavori. 25. Philippe Avenetti. 26. Nicholas Raskin. 27. Megim Voivoda. 28. Samuel Bastian. 29. Luis Pedro Cavanda. 30. Vanya Milinkovic Savic, goalkeeper. 
32. Joachim Cachella Gonzalez. 33. Timothy Gallier. 34. Constantinos Lifis. 35. Duo Cop. 37. Hadi Sangara. 40. Paul Jose Mpoku. Match officials, all from Switzerland. Referee Sandro Shara. Assistant referees Stefan Del Amida. Bekim Zogaya. Fourth official Fadio San. Tonight, other Group F game, 8 p.m. kickoff. Victoria SC versus Eintracht Frankfurt. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. And that brings us to the end of this audio communication from Arsenal Football Club. An unmissable lineup on BT Sport. Premier League. UEFA Champions League. UEFA Europa League. The Emirates FA Cup, Ladbrokes Premiership, UEFA Super Cup, Bedford Cup, Gallagher Premiership Rugby, Heineken Champions Cup, European Rugby Challenge Cup, Bundesliga, Vanarama National League, MotoGP, WTA, Fight Night Live, UFC, KFC BBL, FIH Hockey World League, Barclays FA Women's Super League, BT Sport Speedway, WRC World Rally Championship, Major League Baseball. Search bt.com slash sport. BT Sport. Hello Arsenal, we're here with fresh beer. Camden Hell's Lager and Camden Pale Ale are now available from every draft bar at Emirates Stadium. Cheers! Camden Town Brewery, official beer partner of Arsenal FC. Facebook and Twitter, Camden Brewery. Website, camdentownbrewery.com EA Sports, FIFA 20. Pre-order now. Available 27th of the 9th, 19.